But I wanted to talk about tonight is God's signature work. In Ephesians 2.10 it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. God has made us His masterpiece for a purpose so that we can live out this purpose that He's called us to. Now a lot of you guys don't think that. A lot of you guys maybe have thought, I'm ugly or I'm not smart enough or I'm not talented enough, right? We all think those things. We have insecurities. I want you to know tonight that God sees you as His masterpiece. Right now, just how you are. He sees you as His beautiful masterpiece. That He is creating daily exactly how He desires and exactly according to His plan. Sometimes as He develops us as His masterpiece, it's not fun along the way. And sometimes we go through hardships like that and sometimes we can't even explain them. But He's using each of those things. He's not causing each of those things. A lot of times things happen to us because other people are sinful and they do stupid things that God did not desire at all. Like in Jeremy's testimony, God did not desire that. But... After it happened, God being God is able to take that terrible thing and work it around to develop Jeremy into the person he wants him to be. Maybe it's stupid things you've done. I've done really stupid things that I wish I didn't. Well, God can take those and work them around and develop me how he desires. I want to talk about four different aspects of how God is developing you as his masterpiece. One, he's doing it as the author of your life. In Hebrews 12, it says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. See, God is writing every page of your life. An author writes every single page of the book. How many of you guys have read a book where at some time you read something and said, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. Maybe I didn't expect the plot to go that way. How many of you felt that same way in your life? I didn't expect that turn of events to happen. I didn't expect that to happen that way. Don't you guys feel like that often? See, a lot of times we'll get to these chapters in our life where it doesn't happen how we planned and it doesn't happen how we expected God to plan it, but it happens anyway. And I think it's encouraging to know that even when those turns are unexpected and unpleasant, he's developing us and he's writing each of those pages. And even when things happen that we don't want to happen or that are bad, he's writing each of those pages. He's also a potter that's making a beautiful pot out of clay. And the clay is our lives. It says in Isaiah 64, 8, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. And if you've ever seen somebody working with clay, it takes a lot of work. It's not easy. And it says that God is working with us like that. He's molding us how he desires to mold us and to make us. It says in Jeremiah 18, 3-6, So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord. See, he desires to mold us and change us just like a potter molds clay and develops that clay how he desires. He makes it bend how he wants. Sometimes when I get bent and stretched and molded, it's not fun because I'm kind of in this mold that I enjoy, that I'm comfortable with. But see, as God is molding me, and even as it's uncomfortable, he's making me as he desires into a thing of beauty into a vessel that can hold his glory, right? We can have him filling us up so that the whole world can see that. But see, he has to make me into the pot that he desires first. He's also an architect. In 1 Peter 2.5, it says, You all also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. So imagine what an architect does. He takes this stonework. A lot of you guys have seen beautiful stonework around here. And he fits each stone next to the other stone. He makes it go where it needs to go. But to get it in that right spot, he has to chip away a whole lot. He has to cut, he has to chip, he has to break. 
And then there's a whole lot of other rock on top of it. So there's a lot of load and a lot of pressure pressing down on it. And see, a lot of times in our lives, God is chipping away at stuff. And he's cutting away at stuff. And he's sanding things down. And none of that is fun necessarily. But see, it's producing this beautiful work, this beautiful building that he desires. He's like a jeweler. It says in Zechariah 13.9, it says, I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. It doesn't sound fun. Daniel 11.35 says that he desires to refine, purge, and make us pure. Now, most of you might have heard of what happens when you refine gold or silver. Kyle shared some of this stuff with me. And what happens is you have to melt it. You have to bring it up to a really hot temperature to where it melts. That's not fun in our lives when things get boiling hot around us in relationships, in work, in school, in all sorts of situations. But what happens in that refining fire is that gold or that silver, the impurities begin to burn out of it. And they say that the refiner knows that it's ready when he can see his reflection in the molten gold or in the molten silver. And see, that's what God's doing in our lives. He's turning on the flame a little bit more, a little bit more, and he's refining us and he's purifying us and he's purging us to the point where he really sees his reflection in our lives. Because that's really the most beautiful masterpiece you could ever desire is when we're reflecting him everywhere we go. When people see him in us, they don't just see Nate. They don't need to see any more Nates. (laughs) They need to see Christ. When I let him do this work in me, it brings me to a point where people can really see him reflected in my life. The authoring, the sculpting, the engineering, and the refining process often hurts. It's not easy. But that's how the masterpiece is formed, guys. None of these works of art get developed without those things happening. James 1 talks about considering it pure joy when we face trials of various kinds. Mark, when your car messed up, did you go, wow, consider it pure joy. How awesome is that? <laughs> we don't typically do that, right? It's, it's hard when things like that happen, and I don't always respond that way. I wish I did, but I don't. But it says to respond that way because it says, testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, as I go through those trials and I go through those hard things, it's developing me to be exactly how God wants me. And every time one of those situations comes up and I have a choice how I'm going to respond, that's allowing God to really work in me where it really matters. C.S. Lewis put it this way, Surely what a man does when he has taken off his guard is the best evidence for what sort of man he is. Isn't that true? When something happens and it shocks you, you know, somebody cuts you off and... You know, I want to run him off the road and destroy his car. Surely what, what a man does when he is taken off his guard is the best evidence for what sort of man he is. See, like everything that's happening in your life, whether you like it or not, let God use it to develop you. Some of the, the biggest times of growth in my life were in terrible situations. I remember one specifically where I, I had to be at a wedding and I was driving a 1970 Chevelle across country from Missouri to Colorado and I broke down in Kansas. Any of you guys from Kansas? Good. Kansas is pretty flat and boring. (laughs) And I'm stuck in the middle of Kansas with nothing but corn as far as you can see. And, I mean, nothing. It's just flat everywhere. And I get it in, and the guy says, your carburetor is shot. He says, it's going to take us five days to get a new carburetor. I'm going, you're kidding me. I had to spend five days in a hotel in Kansas. This was enraging me. It was making me just go insane. So finally, to get to this wedding, I had to hitchhike with a semi-truck driver. It was really funny. And then that was illegal, so I had to like, hide when we went through, through uh, the weighing areas and all that because you're not allowed to hitchhike on interstates. It was not a fun experience. But see, God used that a lot to teach me to depend on Him and to rely on Him. 
and to let him use that to develop me. My, I promise you, when I found out the carburetor went out and it was going to be five days, I did not respond joyfully. Uh, it was very unjoyful. But see, Luke 9.23 says, If anyone desires to come after me, and this is Jesus speaking, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And see, as we deny ourselves, as we take up his cross, it, that means literally when I'm in those hard situations, saying this is an opportunity for me to give this to God and not demand my rights, not demand that I get my way. And that's so hard. It's not easy. But that's where this real growth happens as we follow Him and let Him do His work in us. Hebrews 12 says that He is our Father, disciplines the sons and the children that He loves. Going through this refining process, guys, He's disciplining you because He loves you. A lot of times people go, that hard thing happened to me, so that proves God isn't there or God doesn't love me. The Bible's saying when those hard things happen, that's proof God does love you. He says if, if He didn't love you, He wouldn't discipline you. He'd just let you be however you wanted to be. But see, as those hard things happen, He's loving us and He's disciplining us. So you're His masterpiece. A Van Gogh, it's expensive, it's valuable because it has His signature on it, right? It's not just something I drew or Andrew drew. Andrew's pretty good artist. I've seen a lot of pottery that he made. We actually have some in our house. Just the fact that it has Andrew's signature on that pottery won't make it worth millions of dollars. But I'm sure there's some potter out there in the world that does ceramics that you could sell his stuff for millions of dollars. And what makes a masterpiece a masterpiece is having the master's signature on it. 2 Corinthians 1, 21-22 says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set a seal of ownership on us, and put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. What a seal was when in those times was it was somebody's signature. It was carried on a ring or carried around their neck, and they'd melt wax and impress a seal into that wax. And that was the signature of the king or the master. And that said that whatever he put his signature on belonged to him or was under his authority. Now see, when it says he's put his spirit in your heart as a seal, what he's saying there is as his children, if you've accepted Christ, if you've received his free gift of salvation, you now have God's signature across your life. You're a masterpiece with his signature written across your life. See, he's put his spirit in you, which produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all those things. And those things are God's signature. They're what define God. If you have love, you're like God, right? If you have joy, you're like God. We, we have a friend that said, you Christians, you all have so much hope. Why do you guys have so much hope? All religions try to offer hope, but you guys take hope to a whole new level. And see, the reason he's saying that is that's God's signature. He's seeing something that he doesn't see anywhere else. And he's realizing, how can you have so much hope? Only through God himself. See, God has put his signature on your life. In John thirteen thirty five, talking about love, Jesus said that as we love each other, all men would know we're his and we're his disciples. See, as we love each other, that's his signature in our life. Russ always talks about his testimony, how the first thing that drew him to Christ was the authenticity among the Christians and how they treated each other. Right? For many of you, it was probably the same. God has not only made you his masterpiece, but he's put his signature on your life so that everybody that sees you will know you're his masterpiece and he's working in your life. His Holy Spirit is never going to leave you. He will always be there as His signature on your life. So I want to encourage you guys, submit to what He's doing in your life. As those hard things come up, just submit to Him. It's hard. In Romans 12, 1-2, it talks about being a living sacrifice, which means daily saying, God, I submit to you. I yield to you. I didn't like what just happened with my roommate. I felt really hurt. But I'm going to trust you, God. I didn't like my car breaking down. I didn't like my friend dying. But I'm going to let you develop me how you desire. 
And see, as we go through those situations every day, he's molding us. He's making us that masterpiece. And this is a great quote by Andrew Murray. And it talks about how we desire to become more like Christ. We desire to become his masterpiece, but we don't like what it takes to get us to that point, right? And he's talking specifically about humility. He says, Many Christians fear and flee and seek deliverance from all that would humble them. At times they may pray for humility, but in their heart of hearts they pray even more to be kept from the things that would bring them to that place. And see, a lot of times we're praying, God, make me more humble. Make me more joyful. Make me more peaceful. Make me more loving. And then God starts to develop us in those areas and we go, I don't like that. Don't do that, God. (laughs) Leave me alone. I can't believe God did that. He didn't answer my prayer. And see, that's exactly what Andrew Murray is saying here. You know, as as God desires to change you and develop you, trust Him. And it's not always going to be easy and it might hurt, but really trust Him because He really is developing you exactly how He wants you to be. 1 Corinthians 1, 26-28 puts it this way, Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many of you were from noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Think about who you are. Most of you guys in here are not famous. In fact, none of you are famous. And that includes me. I'm pretty sure nobody in this room has ever signed an autograph. Have any of you guys ever signed an autograph? Ooh, Tom. You guys are lying. Ooh. Okay, Selena signed autographs. What, what, what God is saying here, guys, is He didn't pick you because you were so good. He didn't come and say, Queen, you are like five stars amazing, so... I've got to get you on my side. You are. But you know what he said? He said, I love you just like you are. I love you just like you are. You don't have to be something you're not. Just come to me. Let me make you my masterpiece. Let me put my signature on your life. And what I really want to encourage you with, guys, is is he's made you who he wants you to be. And he's continuing to make you who he wants you to be. Psalm 139, 13-14 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And David's saying here, God has made me wonderfully. You know, and The next time an insecurity starts to come up in your life and to say, You're not that good. You can say, God made me how he wanted me. God made me wonderfully. I'm beautiful to God. He sees me as valuable and precious. I'm his masterpiece. That's what he said. And he didn't say that because I was perfect looking or had the greatest IQ or the greatest job or the greatest friends. He said that because I am just who I am. I just want to encourage you to trust him as he develops you because you are who he wants you to be. Romans 8.28 says, We know that God works all things together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. See, as he's using these situations, these hard things that can happen in your life, trust him because he's using them to develop you and for your good. Whatever mistakes you've made, whatever bad things have happened to you, he can use that to help make you his masterpiece. I promise, promise, guys, trust him with that. Let him make you his masterpiece with his signature on your life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. See, you're a new creation. All the old stuff that you hate about yourself, all the old stuff you don't like about yourself, he says it's gone. And he's made you a new creation. He's made you a masterpiece and he's put his signature on your life. He's made you who he wants you to be. As soon as you've received him, he's done that. And I want to I want to leave you with one encouragement, you guys. Second Peter three nine says that God is patient with us, and I want to encourage you to be patient with yourself too, 
Because I know I've been walking with God. I, I first accepted Christ when I was about five years old. I'm 29, so that's that's almost a quarter of a century of being a Christian. And there are so many things that have, that I still have that problems that were there years ago. And I'm like, God, what are you doing? You know. And see, I need to be patient with myself, just like God is patient with me. And then when He starts to work, I simply yield and let Him work. And I'm patient with myself. And probably tomorrow you'll wake up with a lot of the same problems you faced for a long time. Be patient with yourself. Because God is developing you how He wants you to be. So the application, guys. Don't fight Him when those hard situations come up that are not enjoyable. Trust Him with those. Hebrews 12, 2. And remember that. Keep your eyes on Him as He authors every page. Just keep your eyes on Him. That's all you need to do. Trust Him in every situation. Let Him develop you as He desires. And be patient with yourself just like God is being patient with you. Because He's going to make you exactly how He wants you to be. You're His masterpiece and you have His signature on your life.